Joe presents Liquid Football. Hello, welcome to Liquid Football. It's the show that takes you inside the dressing room and puts you in the boots of the players. I'm Kelly Cates and alongside me this week, Steve Sidwell and Matt Upson. Sergio Aguero is the place to start because he's breaking all kinds of records, has broken all kinds of records since he came into the the Premier League. The latest one is that he's the record foreign goal scorer in Premier League history following his hat-trick against Aston Villa in City's 6-1 win. And there is actually some argument as to whether he's the top overseas goal scorer of all time in the top flight but there's a player who was born in South Africa who represented England who has got so it's it's a bit complicated but basically he's an all-time great whatever era he played in um for playing against him what skills what strengths does he have size and height in a way like his ability to twist and turn out of situations I don't think I've seen anyone better Mm. in that sense because when you can twist and turn with the ball or without the ball even, as quickly as what he does, his low centre of gravity and his 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 build, if you're if you're quite tall, makes him so hard to deal with. It's almost like he's just beyond you before you've even put the brakes on. And I think that's the biggest you almost can't then get tight to him. So even even outside the box, you just can't get because you know that he could just spin or, or set a ball off and twist or even receive the ball and turn mm. and very very difficult to get close to more than anything and I think that that's that for me is his main weapon yeah yeah but you, you try and get as close as possible because you know he's going to hit the target yeah. yeah well but some people you can say you can kind of sort of say well I'll let you shoot from there because I know you're going to have to wrap it around my yeah. ear hole or it's going to have to be a worldie but with him you know half a yard he's going to hit the target but, minimum but that's the other thing how quickly does he get a shot off yeah, no he's, he's got like a no bat lift, yeah. slight nil bat, and the, but the back power. In the day. Yeah, but the power he gets, and that's why you see so many of them are like this dippy, or even like his goal yesterday, he hits it early, and it's mm. like the curve he gets on the ball. Yeah, it just incredibly generates so much power through, like you say, no no back lift, mm. which again, it's half worth half a yard, isn't yeah. it? and that is the difference. But that point on his his size and his build as well and you're saying it's, it's difficult to play against him when you're taller than him you might think because he was smaller that you'd have the physical advantage mm. but it's not not necessarily the case definitely not I think it's and, and not just that I mean you you've must have had contact with yeah. him and ran into him and bumped he's yeah. not he's strong. strong isn't he yeah. it's like hitting it's that low centre of gravity yeah. and like I say when you look at him he, he's, he's built like he's physically yeah. he's a strong lad so I think you put all that together and you've got a potent mix, haven't you? He's got like the hips, isn't he? He's yeah. Like, 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 has like the Hazard like Shakira. Hips as well, which is like, <laughs> just sort of bounce off him. What's he got? 12 hat tricks now, hasn't he? Yep. So I wonder what them footballs yeah. are. Whether they, I've been knowing him and they just like plonked away. And <laughs> yeah, just really casual yeah, about it. Like, yeah, oh, it's <laughs> another one. It's yeah. another he's one. top of the hat tricks. Is he yeah, 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 that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the other one he's, yeah. he's got. But, the, but in terms of, when we were talking about this, casually sort of saying, yeah, he's got 12 hat-tricks. I mean, that's another record, isn't it? And, and, and yet, you know, he, he rarely makes it into the, the team of the year. Mm. He hasn't won the, the player of the year. He is, as we've said, an all-time Premier League great. I mean, you've been in a position where you could have voted for him. Yep. So what, what is it that's stopping him getting into those, those kind of, that, or getting that, that recognition, if you like, from his peers, neither of you sitting here saying, I mean, he's all right, but he's not no. that great. You're both sitting here saying he's a brilliant player. So mm. what stops him getting that official recognition? I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, there's, there's probably been certain years where there's been an outstanding 
outstanding candidate for it. Like obviously Drogba, obviously when the year that Chelsea won it, probably Henri, you know, single-handedly just near enough won won the leagues. But with him, I mean, he's in a, just a team full of superstars as well. But he does it consistently year in, year out. Why he's not? I mean, it's a it's a question everyone asks, but I don't. I, I, I don't think there's a, a what, serious answer for those, it. Those the people that win the Player of the Year that you've just mentioned there, Omri, yeah. Bale, um, even Mares when Leicester yeah. won, Kante and Percy. That, yeah. But I think sometimes they bring a little. Like he is a goal machine, isn't he? And and that's what he's renowned for. That is his. If you, Aguero scores goals, and I think maybe doing other things or having another side to your game that is as good as his goals. Like Henri was as good a creator as what he was a goal scorer, mm. wasn't he? I don't think he quite falls into that bracket. He's a ruthless goal scorer. And it, it, the value of him is, it's, it's priceless in, yeah. in top teams, which is why he's been so successful. But I think a lot of those players, they might have had a little bit... He's somewhat, I don't want to use the word flair because what he does is really skillful and it shows a lot of flair, but... They were able to create or do other things, mm. you know, that, that that might just make them stand out more yeah, than what definitely. he does. Yeah. So is is his value then, and and his status as a, a Premier League legend? Is that because he's maintained being maybe the a top three player over the course of a long period of time, mm. and and doing that consistently every season, rather than <coughs> occasionally hitting those those peaks? Yeah, and I think that's that that is. You've hit the nail on the head there. And the, the the question is where and when they have to replace him. Because you've got someone that's hitting numbers yeah. consistently, consistently, year in, year out. I mean, obviously, Jesus has come in and he, and he obviously, he's a, a, a goal scorer. But when that time comes, I mean, what is Aguero? Is he 30, 31? Yeah. Just in, I mean, so he's got a number of years still to go. But, I mean, there was a time probably when Pep come in that he looked like he was possibly going to go. Yeah, and then he had the operation and said it was the first season he'd played without pain and he rejuvenated, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, mean, playing that team, if you know he's on the team sheet and he's up top, you've got to be thinking, just give him the ball and he's going to score. He he had a resurgence, didn't he? Pep came in, wanted more from him out of possession, wanted more from the team. And like you said, you're right, it it looked like whether he was going to be able to cope with that or not, I wasn't sure for a period. It looked a bit dicey, but the moment he bought into it and started to add that to his game, he just got better. And being consistent and having that over years doesn't win you the player of the year, does it? No. I think it's, it's the most valuable thing for the club. If you asked any manager what they'd want to have in their play, it would probably be that, mm-hmm. to be able to produce it time and time again. But those awards we're talking about, it doesn't win you those, does it? I think it's really important. Yeah. It's a great asset to have to be consistent. Mm. We're talking about him now and he's going to be in the news and in the headlines as much probably as he has been throughout his career. Is, is that something you think that's, that's hampered him as well? As much as everybody talks about him, he's not a player who gives a lot of interviews. No. Who is, he, who, and that shouldn't make a difference, but it is something that will put you, when it comes to making, not in terms of how he's thought of, <clears> but in terms of if he wanted to get those awards, do you need to kind of give a little bit out? Put out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can obviously raise your profile. Obviously, he's doing it. Does, he's does doing that, it on the do you pitch. think? I mean, you can understand that maybe amongst journalists when they do the football writers' vote Definitely. or that kind of. Yeah. But yeah. does it is it the same with players as well? Is it the ones that you you hear about and you read about that you you kind of sit up and take notice of? I, th- I think that if a player sits down to fill out that form, and it it isn't easy, is it? No. Like you, people seem to think like you can you could spend hours doing, yeah. couldn't you? Really, and sometimes in the end, 
you just go for an option because you think, I just want to get it done because yeah. I can't decide. And that's the moment where those little things might make the difference. Yeah. Somebody might sit there and be so undecided, but, oh yeah, I've heard this on the news today. Or yeah, how about that when that was, you know, all of a sudden it builds a bigger, perhaps, so perhaps that is a factor in, in people not looking at him as much in that way. When do they, when do we feel um, awards used to be quite early is it, is it February it like is it around be, there yeah she's like ridiculous I don't know if that's changed now has it changed now I think he's still around although, that time although if we're looking towards the end of this season and Sergio Aguero is breaking records round about yeah. mid-January sort of time then suddenly he's in people's minds yeah. and you just wonder if he Could might be, be perfect more timing. Yeah. Of, their, of their thoughts I, see, I watched a documentary him actually and uh, he's, his family doesn't live with him in Manchester, yeah. they're back in Argentina, aren't yeah. they? So you're thinking as well, he's performing at a level. I mean, obviously, I know he gets paid and it's 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 his job, but still, to do that without loved ones and family around you, I think it was in his house, it was quite a Barry's house as well. I think it was just a, clean, um, a cook and a cleaner, bits and bobs. But, I mean, to, to, to do that at that level and con- consistently do it year in, year out, and thinking, oh, do you know what, I would, I'd rather just go play back home. Or, but fair play to him. You were thinking he's living the dream, really, silly, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I every now and again, yeah. we all think that. There's, yeah. there's only after Christmas, everybody's yeah, going, yeah. well, he lives on his own with just a cook and a cleaner. That yeah, sounds like heaven after, just after Christmas. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> it's intense, isn't it? That is intense. <laughs> um, but look, it, uh, the other side of, of that brilliant result, and particularly that, that brilliant performance and the, and the record-breaking achievements of Sergio Aguero, is what happened to Aston Villa. Now, look, City on their day could do that to, to a lot of the teams in, in the Premier League. And it's not really about that one result. But if you boil it down to that uh, to one performance in there, you've got to feel for Danny Drinkwater, don't you think? Making his debut against Manchester City, getting run absolutely ragged. It's not. Would, would you say he's fully match fit coming into Probably, that one? Well, no, definitely not match fit. Mm. I mean, you could train as much as you want, you could train as hard as you want, but it won't prepare you for games. You'll get probably... You'll, normally get through the first couple of games on adrenaline. Easy so made. What, what do you think the thinking is on, on starting him in that game? Well, they, they obviously really want him to be fit. A fit, operating, functioning Danny Drinkwater in that team would yeah. be a positive thing. Absolutely no doubt. And I'm sure that's the thinking behind bringing him to the club yeah. and thinking we need to give him minutes. But he's going to need a, a, quite a few minutes before he he gets back to that because it's been so long, hasn't it? I mean, I, I don't know the exact length of time, but I'm sure I read something like a handful of games in 20, over 20 months, mm. which is a long yeah. time at, yeah. at that level. You lose that that sharpness, your timing, your judgment, all the things that take a bit of time to mm. come back. You, he might be fit in yeah. terms of being at the training, in the gym, running. All the testing could be high but the moment you get on a on a field like that and you're relying on instinct and judgment and all those things yeah. that's what I think you lose more than just I mean, fitness it may well be that, that Dean Smith is thinking that he's he's the option we've got him in mm. and, I, and I have to use him they've got some injuries Aston Villa as yeah. well so he might just feel like, one he has to use him whether he's, he's fully match fit or not it could also be that he's thinking do you know what if you're going to come in and get match fit, you might as well go in against Manchester City. Yeah. It's a game we're unlikely to win anyway, <clears> even <throat> though it's at, at Villa Park. I think, do you know what? We'd go in and, and get up, to, get up yeah. to speed quickly. It's know your players as well, because you've got to be strong to do it that way. Mm. You know, how fragile are you mentally after that layoff? Is your confidence low? Are you able to cope with underperforming for your standards and, and then getting, it getting highlighted and all of a sudden 
think people t- talking about why you why is he in the team you know all these type of things in your first game mm. it's, it's it's difficult to manage that yeah it's like, hard on your debut to come yeah, back definitely. from oh. especially when you, you you look at it and you think well you could you could say it had a hand in all three of city's opening goals yeah, and and, yeah. and people as you said people talking about it and thinking why is he playing there what's he doing after a long period out especially yeah. that's got to be tough i think to they come back i think from that. definitely I, they they had to um they didn't have to play him, but it was important that he started because they had a lot of games recently. I think they played nine games in mm. 20 odd days um, because obviously the Cups. So the Camber normally, who's been outstanding recently, he was obviously on the bench. But is he made his last three debuts has been against City, it's isn't it? By Man City, I think. Yeah, Burnley as yeah. well. So he's probably just thinking of it, just saying, like what Matey's saying there, just get him on, give him minutes. But he's obviously kept him on as well for 75, you know, because then there's a manager thinking, oh, he's having a shocker. Yeah. I can't pull him off at half time. I can't pull him off after half an hour because he looks terrible. I've just got to just roll, roll with the punches. I mean, what, what would your idol thing be as a player there? Like, if you're coming back from where he is, you'd want to try and sharpen yourself before you stepped into that type of game, I think. Yeah. And it's hard to do that, but he's really, like I say, thrown in at the deep end, aren't mm. you? And, and it's a bit sink or swim and yeah. didn't keep afloat yesterday. We've talked before about, you know, when, it, when a new signing comes in, they don't get very long before you judge them harshly on the training ground, let alone in a, in a match situation. But in this situation, do you think that, that the other players will be sympathetic towards yeah, Danny Drinkwater? a million percent. They've, they've all probably come in after and gone, uh, must have felt like there was 20 players out there for yeah. City just at times. So, but we've, we've, when that happens, I mean, me personally, when I had a poor game, I was desperate for another game to come as quick as it could and then made sure that I played well, um, especially when you go to a club for the first time. Uh, and he'll, he'll want to he'll do that. Yeah. Knowing his mentality as well, he'll, he'll want to do that. Yeah, sure. Not, and also, it's, it's a defeat that isn't just down to one player no. as well. And as brilliantly as Sergio Aguero played and as many records as he's, he's breaking, it wasn't a win that was down to any one player for Manchester City either. Also setting new records this weekend, Liverpool, 61 points from 21 games. It's the best points tally at this stage in English football history. It's the best points tally from the opening 21 games of a season across Europe's top five leagues mm. in history. And on that point about trying to pick out a key player, it, it's, a, it's about the collective, isn't it? That's bigger than, than any one individual performance. It's all, all about the cogs, isn't it, in, in with Liverpool? They're all doing their, their roles, their responsibilities. Um, the recruitment has been outstanding, outstanding. I mean, Robertson from Hull... Is just phenomenal. Hmm. Um, you know, you could go through the team. Uh, you're right. You can't just pick one, and it changes, doesn't it? You sort of one for a, a spell. It's for four weeks, five weeks. It's Firmino outstanding. It obviously, if he has a kind of a dip, or not a dip, but you know, an average game, then someone else just takes the reins. So, I mean, they just they just look phenomenal, don't they? Well, the, the biggest compliment you can give to Liverpool is that you can't pick their best player. Yeah, and and. Throughout the season, you've probably changed your mind four or five times mm-hmm. just through thinking, right, this week, oh yeah, Salah, yeah, he's the man. And then all of a sudden you'll see a performance from someone else and then you'll see a, a centre-back or a full-back. You know, a- any position on the pitch, normally yeah. you'd, you'd think there's the creative player that's shining and the goal scorer or whatever, but really from goalkeeper, full-back, centre-back, mm-hmm. central midfield, it's just like they're all been outstanding. And to create that as a, as a manager... You know, it's the reason why they're breaking records. They've had injuries throughout the team, 
yeah. as well, yeah. including yeah. to to Allison, who you would say it would have been one of their their key players, and to 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 a couple of the forwards as well. So and and actually. Fabinho injured at the moment. There have been injuries on and off throughout mm. the throughout the team. Is the fact that it that it, they are cogs yeah. in a bigger machine does that make it easier in a way to deal with the the loss of players who you might think would be key players for them? Yeah, yeah. When you've got when you've got player, a collective section of players that are just playing to a level, when one drops out, the the competition as well for places. So when the people on the bench are thinking are desperate to play. So when they play, they want to make sure they play well to try and stay in the team. I mean, there's, there's an element as well that people are saying, I mean, they're blowing teams away this season and obviously last season, but there's, there's a lot of clubs that are not doing well, isn't there? I mean, look at United, they're not performing great. Spurs, I mean, the standard isn't overly challenging, is it, for, for Liverpool compared no, to previous years? No, you think not. those teams were better last year then? I mean, other than City and Liverpool, were the teams that you're, yeah, you're yeah. talking about better better last season? Uh, well, Arsenal were better definitely last season. Spurs were definitely better last season. Uh, United, to a degree, mm-hmm. were, were, were probably better I, last season. I, I think it's a combination of the two. And I think, I think you're right in that there's teams that aren't maybe at their best. But I think what you, it's only magnified by how good... Liverpool yeah. are as well, so it's a li- for me it's a little bit of both. But I, I just I can't take anything away. Yeah. Do you think they'll go? Do you think they'll do the season? I think they have a, an unbelievable chance to do it because you know, whether they will, is obviously we won't know. But you're not going to see many other teams that are going to have no. the the chance. Like you say, it, it's a little bit with how everything else is going and how everyone else's season is going. It makes it really achievable for me that, that they can go unbeaten they've got that fear factor haven't they like, yeah. you know what United had at Old Trafford where you when you go there it was like just keep this down to two or three we'll be happy yeah. they've got that at Anfield <laughs> but, but you know we, I was working this weekend and I knew the numbers at the top of the table and I'm doing the, the sort of top of the table I'm like Liverpool 16 points clear Leicester because they lost yes there was 16 points clear Leicester two games yeah. in hand and I got down like 17 points obviously City were playing on Sunday and I was like 17 points clear of of Manchester, and I corrected myself because it wasn't right. Mm. You know, when you when you look at something and you're like, the numbers yeah. are just ridiculous. They're, they're so ridiculous that your mind doesn't actually take it in. Yeah, well, it's, it's the only part of the Premier scary. League that isn't, and I say it isn't entertaining. That isn't really of any debate. We can sit here and talk about Europe. Mm. Who's going to be Europa? Who's going to be Champions League? Who's going to get relegated? Who's not? But that's all. That's this. Yeah, it's done. It's finished. It is finished. It's finished. Like you said, the numbers are incredible and there's no way Liverpool are going to drop that amount of, of points between now and the end of the season. Yeah. We shall see. It'd be serious issues if, if they did. <laughs> yeah. um, Bournemouth, though, are in serious trouble. They lost 3-0 at home to, to Watford. They're second from bottom. Where are we on Eddie Howe, who's a manager that when Bournemouth are doing well or when a big job comes, why is Eddie Howe not being linked with a big job? Why is Eddie Howe not thought of better? Why is he, when they're doing well, why is he at Bournemouth and, and not being picked off by a bigger club? When it goes badly as well, he's you know, in his 11th season and maybe it's yeah. a bit tired. And the, the same questions are asked, but with a very different different slant on them. Yeah, I mean, he's been, his stock has obviously got low. Um, there was a spell, wasn't there, the last few years where he was, obviously, as you say, he was put up for, for a lot of jobs. Um, and he was the best 
of the British managers out there. I mean, there's a lot now. I think is there eleven in mm, the more in, than that. Is there more than eleven a long now? Time, yeah. So he was obviously the best of, of of the British managers in previous years. It was always about prom- promoting British managers as well, wasn't it? In in previous years, but his stock has definitely gone down. I mean, Bournemouth for. They've been terrible. I've watched a few of their games. I, I, I watched uh, Bournemouth, Burnley, and there was a one shot on target, and that was from Burnley in the 89th minute that won the game in the end. They was awful. Yeah, they're, they're suffering with injuries. The medical side of the setup that he's got going there isn't being kind to him. No. Um, whether or not that's just through bad injuries or rehab, he does work them hard though, doesn't he? As well, they're, they're very intense yeah, training. Yeah, it, it is. So like, they're, they're suffering really badly with injuries. They had a couple of contractual. I think fra- fra- players like Fraser's just yeah. gone completely off the boil. Yeah, had a bit of a contractual issue. Little things like that. But Callum Wilson, all of a sudden, can't find the the back of the net. Mm. Was scoring for fun last season. All these little things are starting to creep in. Defensively, they look really vulnerable. Yeah. Um, although Aki back now after yeah, being yeah. away for a bit, but I'm with you. I, I covered them twice over the Christmas period, and they just they just look dead on their feet at, at Brighton. They, they were yeah. had nothing left to give. They looked exhausted and a thin squad. So you yeah, put that on, all together on the thinness of the squad. Is, is recruitment an issue at, at Bournemouth? I mean, and and are there several mm. components to that? One is how able they are to attract players mm. both in terms of what they're going to be hoping to achieve during the season and because of the financial restrictions that they they may they, I know they've got a, a rich owner and it's all yeah. but but in terms of what they're prepared to spend in, in terms of wages and things and then the other side is is at that level then you've got to be really good at who you pick and is is that good enough to yeah you? I think the, the recruitment's been really poor I mean Solanke has been some big figures as well wasn't it paid because yeah. um, as I said before, he likes young, energetic type of players that he knows this, this, the work rate is number one. I mean, maybe that's where big clubs have looked at it because obviously now they, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into the decision, isn't there, of, of taking a manager? They probably look at it thinking, right, what's his recruitment been like over the last three or four years? What type of players does, does he go for? Um, how well has he spent? And if you look at the majority of them, they've not they've not been good. I th- I, it's interesting because. Is it a case of where you stay at somewhere too long and you the the, the window passes by? Do you know what I mean? Because mm. four years ago, he would have been really thinking, right, I think it's time to move on for my career and the club and what have you, and tried to go or been interested to go. He would have surely been attractive to a lot of clubs, wouldn't he? I mean, I think he's done an amazing job. Yeah. And the one thing that they've always been a streaky team, you'll always see them have really bad winning, uh, really bad losing streaks and brilliant winning runs. Mm. And you kind of think, is that something again that people look at and go, well, I know sometimes I see Bournemouth and they might not win a game for however long, but then they'll win five. You know, they're, they're, they're quite streaky form, but I love his foundation of how he plays. He's always had a good foundation of football. Yeah. One thing for sure is that he likes to be in control of everything and that's probably going down mm. towards the dressing room and, and players and upstairs as well and he's got that at Bournemouth isn't he whereas if you look at the other clubs where there is a technical director you know chairman's this and that you know, obviously I know there's that at every club but is he thinking I've got not many managers have got total control over re- recruitment you know yeah. everything whereas he's definitely got that at Bournemouth and is, is that just hindered him going to another a club because he think he, he might have less power perhaps he's happy there yeah, perhaps he's happy Ultimately, doing what he's doing. That's absolutely fine. You know, we can all speculate and wonder why. You can only just judge on at this current moment in time is probably the the most worrying time I've seen Bournemouth since they've 
been in, in the Premier League. I think they're looking like they, they need something in January and, you know, d- desperate for the, for the results because all the other teams around them now yeah. are starting to pick up. Well, not least Watford. Yeah. Under a man you know, Nigel Pearson. Yeah. And there were a few eyebrows raised when, when Watford appointed him because he seemed to move away from that sort of Watford model of what a manager should be. And yet, he's worked miracles in there. What a response. And they are yeah. unbelievable. And he, he, he really bases his management style on creating a bond, creating a togetherness. He, he's, he's big on that, the way he speaks, the way he leads meetings, the type of, he likes leaders in the group. It was, it was Leicester's strength. It's why, why yeah. we stayed up there, why they went on to win the title. The, the dressing room was superb. It had character, it had discipline, it had a bit of edge to it as well. You know, not everyone was the... Nice. Was a saint. You don't have to be nice. No, yeah, no. Yeah. But but it had something, and he knows how to create that. So I think Watford had a decent group of players. They were just a, li- a little bit lacking direction and, and personality and discipline, and that's what he brings. So he's kind of brought that along. Yeah. Put it out into the to the changing room on the training pitch, and you're seeing a response. Mm. I think it was, I think it was Dukure in his post match said. Um, he was asked, you know, what's the manager's done? He went, not as much as everybody thinks, really. It's <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I know Graham Stack, who's obviously on the uh, coaching side there. Stacky's down there. And I spoke to him in the week and he said, it, it's quite refreshing. He's actually just come on. Uh, he's come in and he's just stripped it all back, which is what you need down there anyway. Yeah. You don't want to overload information. But he's, he's, he said his team talks and, and meetings, he's saying that we would probably all could do in terms of what you're going to say, just go out there, run harder, do this. Um, Craig Shakespeare, he said the, the sessions that he's doing as well, is just, it's been refreshing that it's not someone that's come in, swallowed a coaching manual yeah. and doing all this ticky-tacky stuff. He said it's just literally standard, bog-standard stuff that the lads have he, just took on board and took it into game. He works hard on relationships with uh, players and people and staff in and around the club. Mm. I really noticed that, band. every morning you'd walk down the corridor, he would be patrolling. You'd be, go in the gym to do something before training. You never knew who would be, if he would be watching or not. And sometimes he'd walk in or you'd see a head at the window. He was checking mm. and monitoring people all the time into the treatment room, morning to everyone, little individual chats in the corridor. Like that's, It's a little bit old school in, yeah. in that sense, but really effective. But in that position, having been in that position with Leicester yeah. before, knowing what a, a group of players needs in order to put together... That, that run when Leicester stayed up was just ridiculous. Yeah. The wins that they got in, in, that, in the, the end of that season to keep themselves in, in the Premier League. He knows what's required there. And is simple always the way forward in that situation? I th- I, 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 simple, yes, but I think it's just... Top basics. Well, if mm. you can produce world-class basics at that, and, and, and the fundamentals are right, you've got a chance. If you want to, like you say, do all the elaborate sessions, tweaking formations, all this yep. stuff, that's all very well. But if the, if the fundamentals aren't strong and aren't mm. good and people aren't on board, it's pointless. So I think that's what he brings. And he's brought, and Watford have always had that little element to them, haven't they, of being unknown and being a bit yep. up and down. And he, he's very straight and down the line and... You know, it's, a, it's a great appointment when you look at it so far. You know, it's worked out brilliantly for Watford. Just thinking of Troy Deeney, because he seems to have been at the heart of anything that, that Watford are going to do, even though he's probably feels more old school Watford now than the, yeah. this kind of new way. But the, the way that 
he's been brought into the fold by Nigel Pearson. Wasn't quite playing even even though he was fit when he mm. when he did come back to fitness. But Nigel Pearson seems to have have got him back at the at the heart of everything. So that that seems like a sensible tactic. It's a no brainer, isn't, isn't it? Absolute no brainer when you especially when you're down there and you're in that predicament that they was in. Um, and as a manager. Although you want to be hands-on, and he seems like he is hands-on, you say they're about building relationships, mm. you want someone that's going to just police that dressing room. And ideally, you want a dressing room that polices itself. Totally. So when someone steps out of line, you haven't got to go in there, it's just done. Um, and you look at the, the majority of winning teams, they've always had strong dressing rooms, haven't they? There's always, there's always, there'll always be a fracas, obviously, which is good in, 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 in some times. But um, on the whole, I mean, and how good is he, Troy Dean? I mean, that interview that he'd done a couple of weeks back about pressure. Yeah about the penalty and he said pressure was like my mum doing three jobs yeah. I'm trying to put food on the table I mean it's just it's a class act I mean yeah like him or not as a player yeah. you have to admire oh, how he approaches things brilliant and I was at the game against Manchester United where he stood up and, stood up and took a penalty and the moment he took the ball you, you knew you knew it wasn't a fantastic penalty. No. He just smashed it in. Yeah. But you know, he's got the the personality and character to cope with those type of things. And Nigel Pearson would love that. Mm. He'd tap right into that. But, uh, but equally, he's got the per- Troy Deeney has the personality and the character that if you were a different type of manager, you might not cope with that very well. You might find it intrusive, or you might find it threatening, or you might find it difficult to to deal with. But from what you're saying, is they've got the kind of perfect set up there where they've got a manager who's strong enough to want a strong player and a player who's strong enough to deal with mm, with a strong yeah. manager and carry that message to the team oh he, he won't feel threatened by leaders in the group he wants leaders in, he yeah. wants players to like you said if they can run it if it can marshal itself ideally you've got one or two that will will deliver that or oversee that but then the group takes ownership and you know that that really is your perfect dressing room isn't yeah. it as, as a manager you're listening to liquid football on joe This week's Liquid Football Challenge is a virtual reality challenge. You're going to head the ball wearing a virtual reality headset and the winner, easily, is the one who gets the most points. Are we ready? Ready. Good luck. Right, Steve, you've got the headset on. Oh, my God. It's weird, isn't it? (gasps) Bloody hell. Right, so you've just got to try and knock the targets off. Yeah. So there's going to be 25 balls. What you'll see in front of you is a rotating target. If you hit that, you get the points on the target. There are also points for getting the corners of the goal. Maximum effort required there. Goal's up, ready to go. One more time, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's a bad start. You went, yes. Oh, there we go, 40 points. Off the mark. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the harder Come on. you go doesn't make any difference. You do, if you go harder, there was three oh, times the amount of points. <laughs> That's when it comes back, yeah, you, you want to, you kick, want to it. kick it. Oh, come on. Oh, that was I'm a good cruising one. now. 20. Oh. Let me get a 30 bottom corner. I was going to try yes. it. Oh. <laughs> Go the oh. other side. The other side. Let's hey. go. <laughs> come on. See, this is good. It is so good. Let me just cushion one. Ready? Oh, that's pathetic. <laughs> Don't cushion it. Whatever you do. <laughs> and last one. Yes. Oh, 30 go. times two. Oh, you got an extra ball. Oh. Right, you didn't score with it anyway. <laughs> so your points are 620. Look at that. Which gives you a score of ball boy. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Ball boy. Ball boy. Right. Beat that one, mate. <laughs> I'll give it a go, man. You should win this. The centre half should always win a hit. Wow, okay, yeah. It's a good score, though, Sid. you got? Right, Marbson, up next with 620 to beat. Headset is on. 
I'm ready. Right, press start then. Yep. It's mad when you look around, isn't it? 25 balls, and the first one on its way now. 40 oh, straight good away. Good start. Oh, 40 oh, times flying. two. Here we go. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> he did say a centre half should do this. Look at this. <laughs> I want to kick it Miss then. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crossbar. Off the crossbar. Love that. All you're missing is Matty's ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 40 times Cut three. There we go. Oh, 40 oh, times four. Didn't even know it went that high. Oh, crossbar. Off the bar. You've got to break that, have you? Yeah, it's like glass. That, oh, oh, my gosh. 20 times five. He smashed out oh the other one. Oh, my gosh. This is so good. Right, great challenge, but there can be only one winner, and by over 300 points, it's Matt Upson. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Mate, you smashed that. That was good. It's got a rhythm in it. Power. Managed to get the times four. Good neck muscles. Sounds a little bit out of breath. I was a bit, a bit into that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Liquid Football on Joe. This is Liquid Football on Joe. I'm Kelly Cates alongside Steve Sidwell and Matt Upson. If you like what you see and hear, then please leave a nice review on YouTube and or iTunes. Make sure you check out Joe's other shows as well, including TKO with Carl Frampton and this week's House of Rugby with James Haskell, which is available tomorrow. And last week, they were joined by Leicester and England prop Ellis Genge. It pains me when people see articles about, I don't know, a good example would be when Johnny left Gloucester, he found that clause in his contract that he manipulated to, to leave Gloucester and everyone was like, we looked after him and then his academy years there and it's like, fuck off. If you, if it's a work environment. If you want to leave Tesco and go to Asda, I'm sure your manager ain't screaming, you can't fucking do that. That's our direct competitive. They're two roads up. Yeah. <laughs> like, they ain't going to say that, are they? Like, you know, no one's got a problem with that. And you sort of forget that sport now, especially rugby, even more so because the money's gone up. It's a business. And you see about all the, the salary cap stuff. It is a business. If people ain't got room for you in their cap, I'm sure I won't dive into the salaries things. So I've got no idea about it. But if they ain't got money for someone, they're going to get rid of them. Yeah. No matter if they've been there eight years or, or nine. They're going to get rid of them. Yeah, Sanjay's gone back stay. to Wales, isn't he? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he was their best thing since last bread. He's unreal. Don't mm. get me wrong. But they, that, he was their answer. Mm. And now you have to find a different answer. And that's fine for clubs to do that. But when a player does it, it's, there's uproar. Now, Manchester United reportedly interested in signing Birmingham's 16-year-old Jude Bellingham. Mm. You made a big move as a teenager from Luton to Arsenal. So in this circumstance, what would your advice be? Do you have to take a move like that when it's offered? Or do you play your way into into contention again when you're at a later date? I think it's very difficult to say what's right and wrong. It's, the game's very different now. Um, I'm old. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was a bit different back then, but the competition now is slightly different. When I did see him, and I haven't watched him live, but I've, I've seen bits of him, he's, he's physically very capable for a 16. Because you see his age and you think, wow. Mm. I mean, you've worked, you work with some 16-year-olds yeah. and, yeah. and you've seen... That there's not that many that would stand out or cope with in with championship football mm. he's, he's physically he's got really good physical attributes he's big he's, he looks strong but I, th I think playing is, is possibly you know I, I left I left Luton and went to Arsenal my game time was so limited but I learned so much from a legendary group of players and especially defensively with Tony Adams Martin Keown Bold Nigel Winterburn Lee Dixon it was like all these players were there so that, that was I had to trade playing time 
for that. Mm. And in the long run, it probably worked out for me. But in the short term, it probably didn't because I didn't play enough. So I was in that nice position of getting first team football at 16, which mm. is rare, um, is excelling, is, is, is doing well. You know, probably the ideal thing would be to maybe make that move and then go straight or stay where he is and yeah. and keep playing, but but make the move. It's hard to turn down, cool. isn't it? You know, you've got to be very brave when you, you to turn it down. You want to look back and go, well, I, I turned down off to, to go and sign for Manchester United. And, and yeah. if, if the career goes in a different pathway, you might look back and regret it. And that's the worst thing. You know, having that regret yeah. is must be must be a bad feeling. But also for, for you, you're going from cleaning boots at Luton yeah. to going and, and training with the first team at Arsenal, which is probably going to be a slightly different move yeah. for someone like like Jude Bellingham yeah. for a start you know it's it's a different world coming from Birmingham in the in the championship yeah. today isn't it yeah. if you look at the, oh. the 16 year old Brighton players that you're working yeah. with it's, they're not having the same experience that you do no with 16 chance. year olds no no chance but the the the, actual, the whole transfer I mean if it's truth in it or not or if he goes or not if he goes he's not going to play He's not going to go into the first team players. No, they, they obviously they're trying to acquire his services before somebody else does. Yeah. Um, so, and could he go? I mean, they probably sign him and then send him back out on loan to keep getting games under his belt. There's no point in him staying there, and but he wouldn't be playing the youth team. He wouldn't be playing for the 23. So he'd he'd been in around the first team, but I just couldn't see him playing. He he, he won't play. It, it's Manchester United identifying that talent and going, we'll take this now. Yeah. And then we'll see how it. I don't think it's an astronomical amount of money no. from what I've, I've read. I wouldn't know what, the, what the, the accepted price would be, but it's probably at a price where they could afford to maybe... It is a 16. It's going to be an element of risk to it. Yeah. But they're, getting, they're looking at it, identifying it early and thinking, well, we really like the talent and what this lad shows. Let's put him out on loan or bring him in for a bit, have him around the first team. Mm. You never know. No. Wayne Rooney stepped up at that age and played in the Premier League. Yeah. He, might, he might be good enough at the moment to contribute something to the United first team. You know, it's not the, beyond the realms of possibility. Mm. So it's an exciting time for him. But he's so young and he's 16. Yeah. It's just crazy. We talked about the, the difference between him moving from Birmingham potentially to, to Manchester United today compared to maybe your move from Luton to Arsenal. So what was it like day to day? Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning, you go to Luton or you wake up in the morning and you go to Arsenal. What was the difference? It, it literally went was from mopping floors and doing boots to training with Tony Adams and Dennis Burkamp and Ian Wright. And Brilliant. It, it's mad. Complete madness, and, and it all that just happens, happens like within summer. a day. Like you go in one, yeah, I, you go in one day, and you're doing that. And no, but and I, I, over yeah, the end I, of the summer, I signed right at the end of the, yeah. of, of, of the summer. So the season was just ju- just finished, I think. And I went and met Arsene Wenger. I had no agent, nothing. Went and met Arsene Wenger. But even that, I mean, we went with my mum and was dad. That like, yeah, took my mum and dad. Yeah. We went and had breakfast with him. He told me what he what he, what he wanted to do, and then obviously I knew the players that were there. I'd been watching them every week. You uh, might know you might know some of the names. That yeah, you're yeah. With. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> and then just turn up for training, and you're doing pre-season with yeah those type of players. It was it was a pinch moment. It's a pinch yourself, and is is this actually real? But yeah, it, and unlike that, there weren't quite as many players as what there are now in terms yeah. of the squads weren't as big. So I managed to get enough time in the squad. Probably started five or six games, came off the bench a few times, but was on the bench for well over 50% of the Premier League fixtures. So I'm on travelling, I'm on the bench and in and around it. Mm. So, you know, that, that was good enough for me and just couldn't quite kick on from there and had injury troubles and all the rest of it. But 
yeah, no, I wouldn't never, I wouldn't have swapped it. Don't regret it, and I wouldn't have changed a thing. But the big question, as we discussed last week, is when did you get your locker? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, we, we still didn't remember because you used to have to take kit and all sorts yeah. down to the. Uh, we were at Sopwell House at the time. They were building the training ground, so we were at a hotel leisure centre. So you didn't have your own locker, so you kind of getting in and milling around. It was a bit of a nightmare. But when I did, I got, I got one. Part next to Oleg, Oleg Luzhny was my wow. locker neighbour. Good conversation. That, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Solid combo. Yeah. How was he then? Brilliant. Brilliant. We saw the Tasmanian Devil because <laughs> he used to just make these noises, like grunting noises when he used to trade. On the overlap, yeah. he'd just make a, a sound, not not say anything, just like, bah! <laughs> any kind it of noise. That. Any noise, <laughs> he knew he was coming. But brilliant guy, great, infectious personality. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's someone, I think, from the outset, you probably get that. You know, sometimes people are, are different in a dressing room and you, you hear stories about them and you go, really, were they, were they like that? They seemed so quite... He never, he never really seemed like he was going to be anything other than no. fully entertaining. No, it, it was very stern on the pitch. Yeah. Took no mess. But off it, he was just, he was just brilliant. Bubbly, laughy, jokey. He was quite insecure on the pitch because I remember, like, we used to... Obviously, when Matty come, we was youth team players. So yeah. every home game, the, um, the youth team used to sit behind the dugouts and just watch every game and we used to crack up so when he'd pass he'd, <laughs> any pass he'd make even if it was just a completed pass he'd look at the ga- he'd look at the Arsene Wenger bench watcher <laughs> yeah he was just like he just like looking just for a bit yeah. of like, and everyone just caught on to it at the end but it was it wasn't it wasn't the case you, of did you see that yeah, did you, did you it see wasn't the yeah. case of like if it was a goal or if he set up a cross an assist it was like literally every pass he'd look <laughs> over the gaffer and the boys were like what's he doing um, talking about young players are you aware of cashing up Cashing off. Cashing off. <laughs> Cashing up is what you do at the end of the day in the shop, isn't it? Cashing off. Yeah, it's, it's being... So this is, have, you ever, have you ever cashed anyone I off? I have never it? cashed anyone off. So, no. so we no should job. explain, this is Manchester City youngster Taylor Harbour-Bellis, who was accused of saying something along the lines of I've got more money to, than you, to Scunthorpe striker Kevin Van Veen during an, an EFL trophy game. Does it... You said you've never done it. I've never done you've it. You've had it done to you? I've, I've not had it done to me. I've, not, I've never done it just because everyone they everyone earns good money now. So what's the, so what's cashing off someone from 60,000 to 40,000? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's not really, really going to... No, exactly. But in the youth team days... Youth team. <laughs> there's a regular cashing oh, really? off. Really? There's a regu- regular event, yeah. In what, in what way? Well, you, you'd, you'd get players that may have signed a pro. So you'd, they'd still be in and around the under-18s. So at 17, you could sign pro, mm. which meant you went from 40 quid a week to whatever. Now, normally there was parameters of probably between 250 and the, maybe at the big, big clubs might have been 700 yeah. a week or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I mean, we never really... I was, we was in the southeast counties with Luton, so we'd play teams like Bristol's, Brighton's, Brentford's, Arsenal, so some of the others, you know, yeah. in and around that area. So some big clubs, some medium-sized clubs, but you'd sometimes get lads that got a little bit above their station yeah. in, in that. And every now and then, if they weren't, or if you got stuck into them a little bit, their their little quit back would just to put you in the box yeah. about the money. It's a poor one, really. It's, 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 it's bad, not isn't nice. It? It's not nice. I say, the one I get the one actually though. If you've got if you've just signed pro contracts and you've only you've just been a YTS, yeah, yeah. Like the lab before that that you can sort of yeah you can sort of because everyone was striving for it, one, weren't they? Yeah, everyone yeah. was you know really wanted that pro contract. Yeah. yeah. So the ones that had it yeah. could rub it in your face every now. And yeah. Then. I remember a few uh, um, youth team ones where. Like Matty would say, you'd, obviously when you played like the West Ham's and that, you knew, for instance, Joe Cole, you, you knew all the names um, and you know like some of them that would have signed pro early. 
and you'd be like, oh, look, he's playing today, let you sign pro. And then there'd be the odd one where on the game, if something's not going right, be like, are you still cleaning boots? Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, fuck, yeah, yeah I am. Yeah. Four or five pairs a day. Yeah, it'd be like, no. all, all I know is that the next time that ball went loose and there was a tackle, oh, yeah. you went in a little bit, if, yeah. you got, if you just got cashed off or got that one. Yeah. There was definitely a little bit more in the tackle, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah. But could you do that more in youth football then? It's not. It's not like that now, is it? Oh no. yeah, you could. Yeah, there was. You could leave a bit on people. Oh back. yeah, it, it was far more. It's just. It was just more. It seemed to be more competitive. Yeah. And there's there's you see really good high quality now, and you see brilliant technical, yeah, physical attributes. Some of the speed and the agility of these lads is is brilliant, but there was just the, the league was just a bit more grit to mm. it. It seemed a bit a bit more physicality. Back in the, back in the day. When you sign a pro, the first thing people would go and buy is a Louis Vuitton wash bag, wouldn't it? That's when people <laughs> yeah, under, like, to that, carry yeah, under the arm. Now, it's, now it's the headphones. No, it's, no. it's the headphones, but they all get them free, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Oh yeah, every, like nowadays, yeah, they yeah, get everything yeah. given to them. But yeah, back then, if someone had a Louis Vuitton wash bag, they you knew it, you was, you knew it weren't <laughs> fake because people were going to Hong Kong and the places to get the check. <laughs> like, that was the real deal down Bond Street. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd wait to see what car they turned up in. Yeah, change of car was always one, wasn't it? Went from a standard Nova to the SR. I just got the upgrade. <laughs> um, did you see Ollie McBurney, the Sheffield United striker? Class. So he was in the Swansea away end. Um, they drew against Cardiff at the, at the weekend. He might be in trouble for it from the FA because he made what has been described yeah. in newspaper talk as a lewd double-handed <laughs> gesture, which I really like. What, what would that be? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, he was going to <laughs> um, You wouldn't want to be standing either side of him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> He's that uh, well, maybe he would. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> so, Ollie McBurney, you might be in trouble for it. But, oh my God, like, we, we want to see players yeah. going and being part of it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't proper troublemaking. No. It wasn't like he was, you know, in the middle of a fight or yeah. like calling people out. Or, yeah. I mean, you, the FA have to be careful here because they have to be seen to be consistent and they have to be seen to be upholding the image of the game and if he's bringing it into disrepute and they have to be the sort of po-faced sort of um, people in all of this. But it's just funny, okay, isn't but it? If, but if it wasn't a Premier League footballer doing it, would they be pursuing that? Yeah. It, but then uh, should Would Premier League be held to higher account? Do you yeah. think? Yeah, but the, the, it's two sides, isn't there? Because oh, hang on, he's just hang on. Breaking news, which is great if you're listening to this on like Wednesday or something. <laughs> um, but he's been yeah. he's been reminded of his responsibilities, oh, wow. so that's that seems okay. reasonable. Because, because I think to like you, what you said to blow apart a player getting as connected to the game as what they yeah. possibly can, it's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Yeah. To get on the level with. At every level, yeah, is is only a positive thing in my book. Now, did he behave completely appropriately? No, mm. but like you say, he's, he's not he's not doing anything completely totally destructive, is he? So I, I, I'm glad that that has just been a little. Could have got they could have looked into his jacket. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was say. Because obviously they played on the Friday night, didn't they? Yeah. So they knew that they would have had the weekend off. So the build up to that week, I couldn't picture it. He's, he's obviously got on the blower to his mate. He's gone, boys, get the, get the yeah. gear on this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the jackets are out, the hats, because we are going to be risking three game. points goal. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is the start of a great Brilliant. weekend. All the Stone Island here as well. Yeah, class. Um, do you go and watch a lot of games? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, I've been to a lot of games actually and sat. I, I like going in with the punters as well. Um, atmosphere. I take my, my boys. Um, I went to United Chelsea a few years ago. Took my father in law, who's a big United fan. We sat in the United end. 
Uh, I had a hat on that time, but they, I went recently. <laughs> That's your disguise. Oh, yeah. There's a hat. There's a hat. you put a hat on? Because I have to put a hat on. I mean, this, this big orange beacon is just like, it just flashes, <laughs> doesn't it? It's like, um, but I went recently. I took my middle son, Rocco, his Sunday league team, Chips did, for, uh, for a, a Christmas um, uh, sort of present as such. And we was in there. It was a Brighton game. And the fans started singing my song, which is, you know, it's. Um, <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, <laughs> started it. So come on. It's um, it's a similar. I think they sing it about David Luiz as well. Chelsea. Uh, oh Stevie Sid, well you are the love of my life. Oh Stevie Sid, well I let you shake my wife. Oh Stevie Sid, I want ginger heads. And literally, when I was playing, like they was all singing it, and there was I'd look into the crowd, and there'd be men like singing it and their wife would be just singing <laughs> <laughs> like, just like my name or some of them like, like getting them just, uh, yeah. like, things like that they singing it as well yeah um, yeah, some of them yeah, yeah. but uh yeah, but when I took the boys the other week, they were all singing it, and my the the, the team were cracking up. They were <laughs> yeah. laughing so much, and I was like, "Oh my god!" They're at the perfect age for that as perfect well. Perfect age, yeah, eleven years old. Yeah, so they're so. just like, "Oh, we shouldn't really know this." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, did it's they funny. know the song before they heard it? My boys did. Yeah, yeah my boys did. Um, yeah, made sure you yeah. told them. Are you yeah. proud of it? Why yeah, would you know. be sometimes whistling it around the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, just, yeah, it's a nice one, actually. Yeah. I used to love it. I used to, you know, one of the ones when you're on the sub, when you're a sub, and they go like. Go and warm up, and players like, oh, do I have to? I used to buzz yeah. off it. I'll go out yeah. and see them. And that is it for this episode of Liquid Football from Joe. Thank you very much to Steve and to Matt for joining me. We're available every Monday. You can download the podcast or you can watch us on YouTube. If you leave us a review on iTunes, please say something nice. And we also have a Facebook page as well. If you search for Liquid Football, then you can get involved with the chat on there. Remember to check out our other shows as well House of Rugby with James Haskell. And TKO with Carl Frampton. For now, though, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Liquid Football on Joe.